Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, Saba Sayed, is a skilled clinical leader and lifelong learner with a track record of execution at the intersection of healthcare services, value-based care, business operations, technology, and data analytics. She has successfully developed and launched and managed multiple clinical service lines with remote diverse teams at a fast growing healthcare technology and value-based primary care startup. She's among the top 10% of U.S. pharmacists in validated clinical skills by maintaining double board certification in ambulatory care and geriatric pharmacy. Additionally, she is training the next generation of pharmacy leaders through her role as the residency director of a postgraduate year two population health and data analytics residency. Saba has over 14 years of experience in community pharmacy, mail-order pharmacy, managed care, primary care, population health, value-based care, operations, project management, product development, and leadership. This includes experience with prior authorizations, both Medicare and Medicaid, Medicare formularies, medication reconciliation, transitions of care, medication therapy management, care management, and accountable care organizations. Medicare quality measures and med adherence. Saba, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thanks, Hillary. It's good to be with you. Well, thanks for joining us. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro or share a bit about your personal life. Yeah, sure. So as you mentioned, I am a director of clinical quality pharmacy at Village of D. So really leading a pharmacy internal team that's focusing on our adherence measures as well as reducing overall readmissions in the organization. The thing that I really enjoy about being at Village MD is that we are a primary care-focused organization, and because we are a value-based care company, that gives us a lot of flexibility in how we can set up our care teams to take care of our patients. So definitely Looking forward to the rest of the conversation. I am uh, based out of Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. I have two boys. I have a 13-year-old son who has autism and another 12-year-old boy. And I've been, you know, really enjoying my, my time in the pharmacy world for about the past 14 years. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And it was so great to meet you at the PQA annual meeting uh, this year. Uh, so fun that um, pharmacy conferences are back in full swing and um, yeah, excited to just hear more about your story and share that with our listeners. So um, maybe you could share just a bit more. I mean, you've got you know a very impressive background, and a lot of times people think, "Gosh, well, how did she get to you know where she is today?" Maybe you can share a little bit more about your career journey and why you joined Village MD. Yeah, it's definitely been um, a journey. There's been a couple of <laughs> winding paths along the way, as I, as I like to say. So I actually became a pharmacist because I, you know, have a very uh, people-focused personality. I like talking to people. And then, of course, I also enjoy 
learning about the medical field and teaching. So it was always between, do I go and become a teacher like my like my parents are, or do I go into something a little bit more focused on medicine? So to me, pharmacy was really a good intersection between those two things because you get to take in that clinical knowledge and really, you know, teach that to other people. Mm-hmm. And the thing that appealed about being in community pharmacy was you really are the most accessible healthcare professional. So when you are out in the community, it makes it really easy for other people to have access to the care that you're able to provide. And especially in underserved communities where there may not be as many primary care providers, the the pharmacist does end up becoming that that person that the community can go to to ask for help. So that was really what, what drew me to pharmacy initially. And so my first love really was community pharmacy. That's <laughs> kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, where I started mm-hmm. was being a community pharmacist. Um, it was during that time that uh, my son was diagnosed with autism. Mm-hmm. And that was like about uh, 10 years ago, actually. And I like to tell people that that's really where <laughs> kind of the trajectory of my whole life changed because mm. I had to adjust a lot of things and not just how I was approaching work, but my personal life and just a really big um, readjustment on all fronts of my life. So because of that, I actually started exploring other career options that would allow me to have, you know, potentially some better work-life balance and also to get him um, the therapy that he needed at the time, which wasn't covered um, by the employer that I was with at the moment. Mm. And that was what really led me down the path of, you know, trying to discover other areas of pharmacy I got into managed care at the time just by putting myself out there and seeing what opportunities were available and getting into managed care, just being able to go laterally within the company and take on different roles. I was always the person that would raise her hand at the first opportunities when they presented themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's really what's served me very, very well um, over the past, you know, 10 to 15 years is just not being afraid anymore, right? Like, being okay with going and venturing into the unknown, being the very first person to do something for the first time, just just really taking that risk um, and and doing the things that other people don't want to do, really truly taking the the path less less traveled. So that's that's kind of what's what's fueled a lot of my career path uh, so far is you know just taking a chance and going out there, putting yourself out out there applying for those new positions and and just giving yourself an opportunity to gain that experience across different um different areas of your of your organization but then also different organizations as well. So typically whenever I would join a company, I would, you know, start off in a certain role, I would be there for about a year and then I would look around and see, well, what are the other roles that are available that I could maybe move into more laterally mm-hmm. and then just start talking to those, you know, managers and teams finding out what they do. And then just positioning myself to be able to, you know, get onto those teams on, and really learn all different aspects of the business. And I think finally, after like 10 years, that's really paid off because I've learned so many different things across the different spectrums of pharmacy. That includes, you know, like you mentioned, community pharmacy, many different aspects of managed care, not just, you know, the the mail order, like mail order operations, but also prior authorization operations, how does you know, how do formularies get developed? How do those get operationalized? How does a pharmacy call center work? How do we do like MTMs and CMRs at, at a at a health plan that has a five-star Medicare Advantage rating? 
how do we implement, you know, care management programs within Medicare and commercial and, you know, just trying to do those things at scale and then coming into primary care, learning how the provider groups have to try to implement a lot of these same, um, you know, focuses around quality and cost of care, but then from from the provider side. So it's it's definitely been an interesting journey, but my, my biggest piece of advice really is just go ahead and, and, and take the risk <laughs> and be bold and, and be okay with, with trying to, to do something new and different, even though it's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned taking lateral moves and looking within your existing organization to, you know, stack those skills. Uh, that's really helpful. But you've also, you know, continued to add on, um, you know, your love of lifelong learning. You've continued to add additional um, certifications and, and other things along the way, which is really impressive in, a, in and of itself, but also being a mom uh, is, is definitely, um, you know, takes some extra effort uh, while you're a parent, but that's really amazing that you've continued to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you're, you're trying to position yourself into getting into clinical pharmacy, especially is really looking, you know, forward into those positions or into the places where you, um, you know, want to see yourself and thinking about the skills that you're going to need in that position. And then just being more proactive about um, and thoughtful about, you know, what are the skill sets that are needed? What are the things that I need to start working on right now to develop those skill sets? And then just continuing, you know, to do that throughout your career, because that is going to change. They get all the pharmacists are very familiar with medications changing all the time and guidelines changing all the time. And, and this is the same thing like in the business world, business operations change the way that, you know, Medicare looks at at quality and reimbursement and value-based care. Like all of those, you know, big ideas are constantly shifting year over year as those priorities change as they come out from uh, CMS. So just staying in the know and being knowledgeable about all of that. And then just constantly educating yourself will, you know, obviously make you much better positioned within your, your organization, but then also better able to help your your patients and, and your providers or whoever you work with within your organization. Right. Well, could you share a bit about what is Village MD and, you know, how how you got a position there? Yeah, so I was actually very comfortable in my uh, managed care pharmacy job, and that's when I saw a posting for clinical pharmacist at Village MD, based out of Houston. And the position would be um, in office in Houston. I was working from home at the time. Ironically, this was like late 2019, right before COVID, and I was trying to get out of the house, but then I ended up right back in the house. Mm -hmm. That's a story for another day. But essentially, what drew me to the position was the fact that they were looking for a clinical pharmacist for their village at home team. And so this pharmacist would be supporting uh, nurse practitioners that actually go out into the homes and see a panel of really high risk patients. And what really intrigued me about that was, how is it possible that a primary care group can even do this, right? I need to find out more. I was just curious, right? Like that curiosity kind of came in. And so I applied for the position. I I met the people at Village and I was just blown away by the commitment that the team has and and truly continues to have on providing the most efficient and effective primary care or healthcare in the world, right? So the way that we're able to do this is through the reimbursement model that we're in. So because we're taking on 
full risk for a lot of our Medicare patients and also commercial patients taking on some risk as well in some of those contracts, we're able to be a lot more flexible in how we take care of patients. We're able to dedicate more resources to patients that need it. And the fact that there was a company that was out there that took it upon themselves to create an entire arm of their organization that was literally just tasked with seeing their patients every single month in the home just to take care of them. That to me was was the biggest draw and the, the mission and the vision of the organization is really what keeps people very, very motivated here um, at Village. And it's it's definitely what still keeps me um, at Village is really that commitment to delivering high quality clinical care, better patient outcomes, while reducing the overall total cost of care and really making sure that we are able to empower our primary care providers through all of these different members of the multidisciplinary care team. And of course, pharmacists are an important part of that, as well as others on the team. So really get, getting that chance to come in and be a part of that um, in this organization is, is what, what drew me uh, to Village in, in the first place. And of course, you saw my, my job titles have changed several times since starting it's hashtag startup life. Um, so it's, you know, initially that was the job that I was asked to do in the beginning. And then part of my job was to help support our Houston market with their medication adherence measures and some of our quality measures in the market. And that slowly um, just took over my entire job. And I was put into a more corporate role to expand clinical pharmacy services across um, the entire organization. So that's just a little bit about what really drew me to Village and, and why I joined and why I continue to remain um, at Village and expanding clinical pharmacy services. I think it just has to do with the business model. I don't really know a lot of places where pharmacists especially can go and have this type of flexibility. I don't have a lot of pushback when I put out business proposals or plans to bring in more pharmacists as long as we can prove that the pharmacists are improving quality, reducing overall cost of care, improving the patient experience and the provider experience, which pharmacists absolutely do, then we would never have any any struggles in, in getting our pharmacist uh, positions approved and, and posted. And so that's been really liberating for me because it's not about, you know, counting claims and, and submitting, you know, billing codes. And it, that's always been a struggle for pharmacists. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, you're taking on risk on an entire population. So how are the pharmacists helping to manage this population? And if you can prove that your pharmacists are doing that, then that that just makes it so much more, you know, amazing and flexible for you as as a leader of the team to be able to to showcase the work that the pharmacy team is doing. So it's it's been amazing. I've I've really enjoyed, you know, the journey and in, in getting here and the work that we're doing and, and the flexibility that we have because of this business model, because we're a value-based care primary care organization, it, it really gives us the ability to, and the flexibility to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe you can share a little bit about, you know, um, your pharmacy team and what some of the services and, and different ways that pharmacists are involved uh, in managing um, patients. Yeah, so we have um, directly on my team, I have a couple of different branches. So I have a team of pharmacy technicians that I started in, in 2020. Initially, we started off with borrowing the technician from one of our pharmacies and they were making calls a couple of days a week for our Medicare Advantage patients that were at high risk for, for non-adherence. And we had good results with that initially. And so we expanded that out um, company-wide. So 
So that team is, again, you know, primarily focused on medication adherence. Mm-hmm. And then I have a team last year um, in, tw- in March 2021 that I started of clinical pharmacists who are primarily focused on readmission uh, reduction for our Medicare patients who are at high risk for readmission. So we have a workflow that we've set up um, where we automatically receive um, admission and discharge notifications directly in our care management platform. When we get those notifications, we're auto-calculating that patient's risk for readmission. And all patients that are at high risk for readmission, sort of our top 20 to 30 percent, we're automatically generating a task for those pharmacists to outreach to those patients. So it's it's been amazing because we've we've worked over two thousand discharges and and so far our internal preliminary data here is is showing over thirty percent readmission reduction in those patients that pharmacy team has has worked, and so we are expanding out um, that team and I'm hiring more pharmacists to join me because we definitely want to expand the scope of of the team beyond the three that we originally hired to to have much better coverage for the regions that we're in, and then I also have. Um, three postgraduate year two uh, pharmacy residents starting um, next month in July. And they are going to be with us for the 12-month period. And they're going to be spending one day a week in clinic, actually embedded with our, our directly with our physicians doing more of our chronic disease state management. So really supporting with the, you know, helping our diabetic patients reach control our blood pressure patients that need support, and and also um, CHF and and COPD patients as well. So really helping that clinic and those providers and patients in the clinic to to reach their goals um, there. And then we also have um, a really great relationship and collaboration with our our partners at Walgreens. And we have a couple of of pharmacists and teams that are supporting the work there to improve the collaboration between primary care and community pharmacy. As you heard, that was kind of my my first love was community pharmacy. And I still very much believe in the power that community pharmacy can have, especially in collaboration with primary care providers. And so on that side, we're giving our community pharmacy partners access to our electronic uh, medical record. So those pharmacists that are there at Walgreens that are co-located with our village locations, they're able to see, actually see the last appointment notes, what the labs are, Mm -hmm. the next time the patient needs to come in. So the possibilities there too are just really amazing because they can collaborate and work with their patients and their physicians in ways that we can't do really anywhere else. And I don't know of anyone doing it at, at the same scale that we are and really trying to enable those collaborations and, and relationships between primary care and community pharmacy as well. So there's just there's just a lot going on at, at Village, Hillary. It's, it's definitely a great time to be a pharmacist at Village. <laughs> well, wonderful. And so uh, tell us maybe a little bit about the footprint of Village. Where are you guys located? Uh, it sounds like Currently, most of the pharmacist positions that you have are remote. However, you're starting to embed more of these pharmacists directly in some of the brick mm-hmm. and mortars uh, to be involved in that chronic disease state management. So, where where could you know where where do patients even find a Village MD? How do they? Um, yeah, so you can uh, go to our website, uh, www.villagemedical.com. And if you want to find locations, you can do a backslash locator. If you put your zip code in there, you can see all the various uh, village locations that are around you. 
we are in we're we're basically all over the country. We're in over twenty different markets um, all over the country, and we have um, you know not just you know clinical pharmacists that are supporting in, in certain states remotely, but we also have like I mentioned the collaboration that we have with uh, Walgreens and our and our primary care providers, and that's happening at scale all across the country. So some of our major states that we're in are um, Arizona, Texas, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Rhode Island, uh, Massachusetts, uh, New Hampshire. So we're really all over the country and and also in in Colorado and and Nevada as well and, and rapidly expanding due to the relationship and collaboration that we have with Walgreens. We've, um, you know, committed to to building or we're planning to build uh, a thousand clinics by by 2027 and, and literally opening a clinic every single week uh, for the next yeah. several years. So sometimes I lose track too of everywhere that we're at because I'm hearing about a new clinic that we're opening somewhere in the country. So I mm-hmm. can almost guarantee that you'll have a village medical at Walgreens near you uh, pretty soon. All right. Well, there's a lot of growth and opportunity. So uh I know a lot of uh, our listeners are probably interested in some of the positions that you've uh, shared a little bit about. How can they find out more about those? Yeah, so um, we do have a we do have a careers uh, website. If you go to www.villagemd.com backslash careers, that's where the the best place to go for for things that are going to be posted. And I think Hillary, you're going to share like my LinkedIn profile, and I'm always posting uh, positions there too. And you can also follow Village MD on on social media, and the positions will get um, you know posted and, and linked up on on there as well. So th- those are great ways to stay in touch. Great. And so Seba, as our final question that I love to ask all of our guests, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career? Um, like I mentioned before, I think it's just not being afraid to take risks and just being okay with with being uncomfortable and venturing into the unknown. <laughs> it can be very scary, yes. Um, but at the same time, if I... I always tell myself that if I feel like I'm getting too comfortable and in one place and one position for too long, mm-hmm. it's a sign that I need to I need to start, um, you know, not moving on necessarily, but looking for other growth opportunities. Right. So mm-hmm. if you're not always growing and learning and challenging yourself, I think the key is challenging yourself and continuing to either learn new things or, or grow or, or find opportunities to be creative in, in your work. Just just finding a way to keep innovating and, and keep growing, that's that's really the key to, to being successful. And then, of course, the lifelong learning piece, like we can't be successful as medical professionals if we don't continuously keep up with the latest um, information. And it, it can definitely be a challenge when you get out of school because you don't have that same structure anymore around learning. Mm-hmm. So you really have to create some more discipline, um, some more disciplined approach to make sure that you're, you're able to keep up and, and stay on track to the things that are important to taking care of your patients. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing. It's always exciting to hear um, about new opportunities for pharmacists, uh, especially in the um, startup and and value based care world. Uh, as hopefully, you know, healthcare is is continuing to move in that direction. And just to hear some of the great um, tips of wisdom that you've learned along the way. Um, it was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. 
Thanks, Hillary. It was a pleasure um, joining you, and I, and I hope that the listeners were able to learn something new about Village and the work that we're doing and the impact that having pharmacists embedded in a primary care model can have. listening.